What, they think we got three Rod Brandemores or what? I think I started lifting real lightweights when I was like 12. Now listening to the Rod the Podcast with your hosts Jordan Betts and Mike Men. All right, welcome back, everybody. We are coming to you live on February twenty fourth, following the Canes four zero victory at home against the Ottawa Senators. Jordan's unable to make it this week. So I'm going to do a quick overview of everything really quick for you all. And then the goal will be to get an episode out next week prior to the podcast heading to Arizona to check out Mullet Arena. So really quick, lots to talk about since the last episode. Obviously, the big hot topic, the stadium series was a fantastic time. Um, really happy with how the in-stadium experience was, I think Jordan and I, when we do our joint podcast, we'll go into a little more detail, talked about, talk about the things we really liked, maybe some things that could be tweaked a little bit, but all together, really great experience, really thrilled for Kaniac Nation to be able to get an event like that, and everybody certainly showed out, tailgating was a blast, it looked like it was awesome everywhere, um, just really, really proud of of Kaniac Nation to say the least. So something we'll talk about on the next episode and kind of break down a little bit more. Um, as we sit here today, the Canes sit at 39, 10, and 8, first in the Metropolitan, second in the East, behind the Boston Bruins only. Now, obviously, we have the trade deadline approaching. The trade deadline is March 3rd at 3 p.m. Eastern time. And the Canes are a team looking to add. They have a lot of cap space that they can weaponize, uh, upwards of $10 million, and that can really get a lot done for you, especially we've seen uh, teams have an appetite to take on salary to get late-round picks. Um, you could really make a lot happen with $10 million. The question is, what are the prices the Canes are willing to pay to go out and acquire talent? And... It's certainly a year where you might need to go acquire some talent. You look at some of the moves that have been made, a team that's not really even a playoff team in my eyes, and the New York Islanders went out and got Horvat, locked him up. New York Rangers, who's one of their major weaknesses was lack of scoring depth, went out and acquired a great goal scorer in Vladimir Tarasenko. Toronto went out and... Added a Conn Smythe winning center and Ryan O'Reilly and some sandpaper in their lineup and Noah Chari. And then the Boston Bruins with maybe, in my opinion, the best trade of all of them, went and grabbed Orlov and Hathaway from Washington, really turning an already dominant team into a force to be reckoned with. So there's a lot of talent. Now, a lot of people like to say, um, look at what everyone else is doing. We need to do that, blah, blah, blah. You have to trust the process. 
we've gotten to where we are. And when I say we, the organization, which I have nothing to do with, so I guess I shouldn't be saying we, but the organization has gotten to where they are on being shrewd, right? There are times to certainly take gambles and really go after players that you think are going to help you out. But at the same time, you can't chase something that's not there. You can't go out and overpay for a wish when you already have a team that can go out and accomplish the end goal of winning a Stanley Cup as is. If we're going to be honest, all bets are off when the playoffs come around. The Canes have what it takes. You're going to need a magical run no matter what. Does it help when you go out and acquire superstars? Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. Will the Canes go out and acquire players? Absolutely. I don't have any doubt that they won't add players. Will they necessarily add a superstar caliber player? They might not. They might not. And there's a lot of different approaches to what they'll do at the trade deadline. And we're going to kind of chat through some of those things. We're going to start with some of the names we've talked about that are no longer on the board. We just went through all the trades, the big trades that have happened. We got a few other names that we have to take off the list as well, whether it's trade related or just based on availability. We're going to have to scratch two of the Detroit guys we talked about in Dylan Larkin and Philip Hironik. That team is poised to make the playoffs. Dylan Larkin, the last update we got prior to them even being firmly in the playoff mix was that he was looking to re-sign in Detroit anyways. So it's, it's highly, highly unlikely that we'll see any movement from either of those two guys. Now, with that being said, Jacob Verana is available out of Detroit from all accounts. Um, after his, after his trip away to player assistance or with the help of player assistance program, um, he's, been dropped down to the AHL, was recently called back up, and it's been said around the league that that is a showcase reasoning. So they're looking to show teams that might be interested in inquiring him, what he's got, how close he is to being back, et cetera, et cetera. So if we're going to see movement out of Detroit, it would be Jacob Verana, a guy that has a, a goal-scoring touch and could certainly help a roster. I don't want to speculate on why, he was in the player assistance program to start with. Really, it's nobody's business unless he wants to make it public. It is, however, Don Weldell's job to make sure that this isn't an issue that isn't controllable or sustainable. And you have to make sure there's no culture or locker room issues associated with adding a player of that caliber. Now, Every organization should do that on every player they add, but in these circumstances, I'm sure the due diligence necessary will be done. Moving on, another player that there is rumblings around Kane's land of could this be a guy that comes in and fixes our power plays, et cetera, et cetera. When we talk about Patrick Kane, we almost have to go ahead and assume that Patrick Kane is off the market. Everything points towards the New York Rangers. And at the end of the day, Patrick Kane controls where he goes. We'll see what he thinks. We'll see where he is okay with going. We've heard Dallas in the mix. We've heard Vegas in the mix. If Kane ultimately decides that he's happy to go to any of those three, that is the best case scenario for Chicago is they'll look to leverage teams against each other in order to get the maximum return for the player. So I think that's 
either going to be a bidding war or straight to the New York Rangers because that's what Kane wants. And for that reason, I think it's highly unlikely that the Canes will be in on Patrick Kane. Sticking with Chicago, Jonathan Taves, another center that we talked about acquiring for depth. It sounds like his issues with long COVID and things that had stemmed before that, I'm not exactly sure, so don't I don't want to be quoted on that, but it is an illness. I'm not sure 100% if it's related to COVID or not, but regardless, he is out and stated that he does not want to be traded prior to the deadline. This could change in the next week, but I think that it's highly unlikely. So it looks like Jonathan Taves will be staying put in Chicago. Moving on to some names that we've already talked about, where they are at right now, and if they're still fit. We'll start off with the big name that everyone around the league that's looking to add is talking about, and that's going to be Timu Meyer out of San Jose. He's got the one year left at $6 million as a restricted free agent, a power forward with a goal scorer's touch, a volume shooter, would certainly fit in with the Hurricanes, would also certainly fit in well with a team like the New Jersey Devils. Um, it's going to come down to what does Mike Greer, the general manager of San Jose, want. They're going to have plenty of packages to choose from. There's going to be a lot of competition to get the player. So the, my gut tells me that they're going to drag it out as long as possible to finalize a package and move on from there. It's going to be expensive. If the Canes can get it done without losing a current roster player, I think it's a move that I'm completely all in on. As I stated on a, previ a previous podcast, Meyer, for me, is not a guy worth acquiring if we have to lose a player like Seth Jarvis. And I stand very firmly on that. I'm a huge believer in Seth Jarvis. I think he helps us now. I think he's going to help us even more in the future. I think he's under Kane's control. I think he's a guy that wants to be in Carolina. And I just don't see management moving a piece that's been so successful within the org organization's confines already. They really do value those homegrown players. So if the price is a Seth Jarvis... I don't see it getting done. I do think the Canes have the opportunity to put together a big package of picks and prospects. So I don't think they're out of it. I do think New Jersey is probably the favorite at this point to land the player if they're willing to part with some of the assets that they have. It sounds like San Jose has asked for Dawson Mercer. I'm not sure if that is a starting point that New Jersey is willing to work off of but they have plenty of defensive prospects and they have picks as well. So we'll have to see how that one shakes out, but you can't just go into it with only a plan A and being Timo Meyer. And I think that the Hurricanes have a ton of players that they've looked at outside of him to shore up the forward group. One of the guys we've talked about for a couple weeks now, uh, Nick Schmaltz out of Arizona, a guy that's got four years left, including this year, at $5.85 million. In the prime of his game right now, provides scoring, a depth scoring player that could really benefit playing with better line mates in Carolina as well. Not great at faceoffs, so most likely a player brought in and put on the wings. 
but without any doubt, certainly a player that could plug and play. It's the kind of contract that the Canes look for. It's an affordable top six deal on a player that analytically looks good. The tape looks good. The playing style fits pretty well. Could be a real home run deal for the Hurricanes if they believe that player can take another step getting on a great roster. Definitely a name to look out for. Another name we talked about, Adam Henrique out of Anaheim. If we're looking for center depth, which will come down to how much faith the organization has in a player like Jesperi Kokaniemi going into the playoffs as that number two center. If they want to shore it up and have options, Adam Henrique is a guy that could come in and provide some points, provide experience and leadership, and really take hold of that number two center if necessary. Moving on, another center, and we're going to talk about two players at once here, Kevin Hayes and Travis Konechny out of Philadelphia. It's really hard to guess who they would be willing to move. I think Tortorella is a big fan of Konechny. I think it would be hard to get him out of there. At the same time, I think Tortorella has had some issues with Hayes' play. But at the end of the day, Hayes is still a great player, and it might not be a player that the organization is interested in moving. What happens out of Philadelphia is to be seen. It's hard to speculate. I haven't heard a lot on either of those names recently. So names to think of as they have been linked to the Hurricanes, as in the Hurricanes showed interest, but it's not players I would definitely bet on to be a part of the roster. Another Kane or another player that the Canes have called on was JT Miller out of Vancouver. It called it seems like they called and said, is he available for free? Because he's in his final year before his eight year, eight million dollar a year deal kicks in. The player is currently 29, not really happy, it seems, in Vancouver. It doesn't sound like Vancouver is willing just to give up the contract. It's also not a deal that I really love for the Hurricanes. I, I don't think they're a team. Well, I don't think. I know they're a team that's not invested in long-term contracts for aging players unless they're short-term, and having an 8 by 8 for that long is definitely not something that seems like it would fit the Hurricanes' appetite. Now, one of the most interesting names, excuse me, that I texted about with Jordan today was out of Washington, who appears to be willing to sell on short-term assets if the return is right, that rumblings of the Canes potentially being interested in a guy like Tom Wilson. Now, I'll say this. I will hate Tom Wilson forever until the day he's a hurricane. And if we're all really honest with ourselves, he's the kind of guy that you love to have on your team. There's no doubt about it. Stands up for his teammates, hits, can score a presence that the Canes really haven't had since Furland. Um, would be a welcome addition, but I will stay on the record as until he wears a Canes uniform, I hate him. And the day he takes off a Canes uniform, if he ever does wear one, I will hate him again. So... Interesting name. 
wasn't one that I'd ever really thought of, but it definitely would make sense for this team. Could Rod Brendamore and Tom Wilson get along is a whole nother question. I think Rod is an ultimate pro and can get along with everybody, but it's rare that you see a uh, coach share words with a player on the ice and the two uh, talk about not really liking each other. So not sure that fit really makes sense, but if anybody could look past it and, and really focus on the team winning, I think it's Rod. So those are some of the forwards that we've talked about, that we've discussed, that we've kind of seen pop up uh, in trade discussions. We're going to hop over now to some of the defense, the defensemen we talked about. So we already said Heronix out. We've talked about Chikrit in the past. I don't see the Canes giving up what they, what anybody, or excuse me, what Arizona wants for Chikrin. I do think that if they go after a defenseman out of Arizona, it's going to be a guy we've talked about multiple times now, and that's Shane Goss's bear. One year left, four and a half million, power play specialist. He's kind of the plug play, move on, Sammy Votnin type addition that if you're looking to spark the power play and probably get him cheap, could be a potential addition. You look at Gavrikov, who looked like he was all but gone to Boston. That trade falls through because Orlov becomes available out of Washington. So Gavrikov is back on the market. He is your depth defensive ad. I think the price is too high for him. I don't really think the Canes will have an appetite unless the price drops substantially from what it was rumored to be. Another defenseman on that list is going to be John Klimberg, who we've talked about previously. If you're looking to buy low on a guy for the remainder of the season, a guy that can step in and help you on the power play, I do think there's a fit there. Depends on what the price is. Depends on Anaheim's appetite to retain some salary, but certainly not an unrealistic move for the Hurricanes. Now, the real hot topic right is the Canes power play and they've been on record saying that if they can't get a big name splash there's nothing stopping them from going out and maybe acquiring a power play specialist and the biggest power play specialist I can think of would be Mike Hoffman out of Montreal he's got two years at 4.5 maybe you can get Montreal to eat some of it pretty much a shooter doesn't really provide you anything outside of that but at this point the canes don't really need anything outside of that a guy that could definitely come in help your power play right away isn't going to provide you much else but there's no doubt that the guy can score another guy out of vancouver being brock besser hasn't had the best Stats on the power play as of late, but he's certainly a shooter. Could really fit in and take advantage of a spot on the Hurricanes power play. I don't think it's unrealistic that a player like that could be a target for the Hurricanes. Now we're going to switch to some bigger names that I don't think are super likely, but if the Canes are looking to make a big splash like the Vincent Trocheck trade, I think these are two names that they could potentially look at, and that's Drake Batherson 
out of Ottawa and Pavel Buchnevich out of St. Louis. Now, Drake Batherson still has a lot of issues surrounding his name with Hockey Canada. It's TBD to see how those things shake out. Um, it's innocent until proven guilty, but that could be a huge red flag for the Hurricanes. If they call and do their research and it sounds like he's cleared, then great. If not, you got to stay away from that. The Hockey Canada scandal is no good, and you don't want to be involved with any players in it. If he is available, though, that's a guy signed at five, for five more years at 4.975. That is the steal that the Canes would look for. He is a goal scorer. He can help you at five on five. He can help you on in all facets of the game offensively would be a great addition. Buchnevich, similar profile player, can score goals three years at 5.8 million. Those are two of the Trocek-esque splashes if we were looking to go out and grab a guy that's on a team that's out on the outside looking in at the playoffs on teams that may be willing to move a younger player to get some some solid pieces back. Um, I, I would definitely think the Canes would explore some names like that potentially. And then the last name that's a power play guy, he's an all-around good player, would be Granlund out of, out of Nashville. He's really more of a setup guy. I believe he had 25 assists on the power play last year. But at that point, you got guys that can shoot. It may help to have another set of hands that can set up some guys. I think your goal is to bring in a scorer, but it also doesn't hurt to have a guy that has experience setting up a lot of power play goals. I think it's a name that could certainly be um, looked at down the road. And then we could always see the Nino Niederreiter reunion tour. That contract is definitely palatable, especially if you can get Nashville to retain a little bit. You never know what could happen there. So there's a lot on the market. It's an exciting time for the Canes. I think we'll see some moves happen. Maybe it'll be one of the names we talked about, but knowing the Hurricanes, it'll be somebody out of left field that we didn't see coming. And that's what's fun about this exercise is getting to sit down and trying to think like the organization and see what might be out there. We've, we've pulled a lot of names out of the hat. Um, maybe, maybe we'll get one right. Who knows? Um, my parting piece for this, there was reports that came out recently that when Nikishin was at SKA, the Hurricanes offered money for them to buy out his contract so that he could sign in the NHL. The team denied it. He has since been traded. And the, the question I have, and it's interesting, is if they've already offered money to one team, instead of going to acquire a player at the deadline, are they willing to go pay once the KHL playoffs are over, which the KHL playoffs start in March, would they be maybe interested in trying to bring him over after the KHL season? Is there an amount of money that would make that appetizing? Who knows? 
I don't think it's likely. I think that's probably the least likely thing we talked about on the podcast today. But it is interesting because it shows the Canes are willing to try to get him out of Russia and into the NHL or the back then it may have been to get him into the AHL. But at this point, I think he's had a pretty historic season in the KHL and he might be NHL ready. So it's interesting. Could that be an addition for the roster that doesn't require giving up players, prospects, and picks? Maybe. Small chance, but I'm sure it's something that the Hurricanes will explore, and who knows? Maybe it just might work out. We appreciate you all listening. Um, The goal will be to get an episode out next week. If not, we'll get one out as soon as we can post-trade deadline to update everybody, talk about the stadium series, talk about the direction of the franchise and just continue the dialogue. But thanks again for listening and we appreciate all of you being involved and go Canes.